1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash loss That's plushcare.com slash loss plushcare.com slash
0: loss Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A massive three points for Arsenal on the road in the Premier League to kick off what is hopefully... Going to be a perfect week. Which one starts for Emil Smith Rowe, at least in fantastic fashion? This is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is, as I say, the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after at 8am, the previous Arsenal fixture, which is Arsenal 2, Nottingham Forest 1 at the City Ground. Putting an end to a very frustrating run of games for Arsenal in the East Midlands, of course, losing the previous three visits up to the forest ground, and this time coming away with what should have been a more comfortable win than it ended up needing to be. Um, but all the same, three points, and one which we're going to discuss in plenty of detail. In today's show, we're going to take your comments and thoughts as well as always in part two with the chat books. And speaking of which, good morning to those that do indeed join us Damien, Darren, Derek, Jimbo, uh, Louis, uh, Carl, Matt G., James, Dellen, Stevie, Aiden, Dominic, Rancid, uh, Pumpkin. We've got Pikahoo, we've got The Process, Louis, uh, Barry, we've got uh, Amira, Marcus, Guna, Jake, Rich, Jose, uh, MRM, Tom, Ian, Martin, Angela. Uh, Mike, Steven, Kaiser and all the usual faces and some irregular faces too. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. So without further ado, I think we should just jump straight into things. Arsenal 2, Forest 1, a massively important victory and one which answered, for me at least, plenty of questions because there was questions going into this game. Would Arsenal be able to get the victory in a ground in which they have struggled? Will they be able to get some goals from players that desperately need them? Will Mikel Arteta take a risk in his lineup? Will Gabriel and Declan Rice be fit for the match? Would Thomas Partey have any involvement in the game? We got answers of all of those and more, uh, but it was, in the end, I think, an encouraging display, specifically in the second half. It did get nervier than it needed to be. Of course, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a game in which I think we come away from rather uh, pleased just to get the three points rather than worrying about the goal that we conceded right at the end. However, we start with the team selection and one which surprised many. Uh, there was rumblings and hints and rumours a few minutes before the lineup was announced that Smithrow would be in the team and my goodness me, was he? And Smithrow had a, I feel a good game. I think you have to think about the context of this. This is Emile smith Rose' first Premier League star of the entire season. And the performance that he put in, specifically in the first half, I thought was really good. And in the context that this is going to be his first game, of course, I expected him to fade into the second. And he did fade into the second. In fact, after the first goal, we made the right decision in taking him off more on that in a bit. But to focus in on the first half performance in particular, I thought he was direct. I thought he was dynamic. I thought he got involved. I thought he was creative. I thought that he was taking initiatives with opportunities to shoot, little touches that were quite nice I set up Saka for a chance. He ultimately nearly set up Gabriel Jesus for a really good chance in the six-yard box. Uh, there's a couple of really nice balls to allow Martinelli to get through. And I put that out at full time and said that I thought that Smith had a good game. And I got quite a bit of pushback actually from supporters that felt that I'd watch some kind of different match to them. So I'm going to look forward to actually doing a bit of a rewatch today and actually looking into a deeper bit of analysis uh, against um, yeah a deeper bit of analysis at least uh, for the uh, for this game because I think that there is more to see from Smith Rowe than we did manage to see. Um, in in the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing what people actually think once they've been able to see a bit more of Smith Rowe, considering that indeed we were, I think, emboldened by his first half performance, which was good and certainly will put him in the kind of the mind of Arteta and perhaps more moving forwards as we've got a very, very big week of football with Arsenal facing Liverpool, if you've got to remember that one. Huge, huge opportunity for Arsenal to to win there. So I guess we will, uh, yes, we will wait and see. Sorry, second start of the season. You're pointing out quite rightly that Smith started against Sheffield United uh, in that 5-0 win uh, earlier in the season. So apologies for that. Yes, second Premier League start of the, uh, of the season. Uh, Gabriel Jesus uh, responding uh, to the critics with a fantastic goal uh, and an assist as well. He needed this. He really needed to lift up his own view and his own kind of profile amongst the supporters especially with all the transfer rumors flying around during January about the desperation for a striker to come in so to get him a goal and an assist in this game was really really important I thought he'd kind of blown things if you like when he hit the post with that opportunity in the second half amazing bit of football by the way from Saka and and leading to that chance and he just needs to to get it the right side of the post and he scored a fantastic goal but immediately after that pretty much uh, a great finish a great bit of instinctiveness from the throw it throw into something that we've actually started to to use a bit more creatively if you like that that throwing in behind the defender to the touchline has been something that we've been using in the last fair few games but jesus manages to squeeze the ball between the legs of matt turner agent matt turner of course um and finish really really well and then obviously the second uh he's there to to fire the ball across to Bakaya Saka and um, Bukayo Saka of course his goal coming with his right foot a goal he really needed uh, I really really wanted to see Bakaya Saka get a goal ahead of the weekend because that's his seventh goal of the season and seventh um assist as well I mean obviously not in this game but he's got seven goals and seven assists so far Now, and uh, we need the goals and assists to flow for Saka. And so for him to take the opportunity that he did, the right-footed strike that he took, because for so many times he was shifting that ball onto his left foot, but the right-footed strike into the left-hand corner side netting, fantastic finish from him and uh, really needed that boost that he ended up getting from the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we missed out on the clean sheet and uh, it's a frustrating uh, goal to concede William Saliba actually caught out and bodied off the ball in that moment. Very frustrating to see uh, him kind of out-muscled. Awany is, of course, a very physically adept forward and uh, has been a bit of a thorn in Arsenal over the past year uh, with him scoring the goal against us uh, at the end of last season. But we managed to see the game out despite conceding that goal relatively well. We kept chances to an absolute minimum. We cleared the ball away as needed. And I thought both Leandro Trossards and Kai Havertz really did well as their substitutions helped to Arsenal to see out the game fantastically. Well, Havertz taking the ball into the corner. He actually headed the ball away, which led to Arsenal's second goal as well, which I thought when we took off Smith-Rowe, it was the right decision. Again, more on that soon. But I thought Arsenal ended up, besides this one little blip, uh, actually managed to see out the game pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, overall relatively comfortable with how we ended up seeing out the game, even though we conceded that late one. Uh, Zinchenko actually classed with um, with White at full time. Arteta was asked uh, about this uh, at the final whistle and um, explained basically that he really enjoys the fact that his players are um, you know, passionate. He says, I love it. They are demanding more from each other. They are not happy with the way they conceded and they are just trying to resolve it. It got a bit heated, um, but that means that it's enough playing the way that we played the the result has to be bigger and the clean sheet has to be there. And he's right. We do need to score more goals and we do need to try and keep the clean sheet. And I liked the fact that Ben White went over to Zinchenko and was not happy with his defending in that situation because it was, as I say, Saliba was was at fault for not being aware of a one-use positioning and then not being uh, in the right place from his body stance to battle the striker. But uh, Zinchenko really at fault defensively in that moment, switched off and uh, and ultimately were considered because of two defensive errors. And White is right to to go over and and uh, confront Zinchenko about that and to call him out for that. And that will build a better relationship in the end between the back four and between the players. You need to hold responsibility for each other. You need to hold your other teammates responsible and tell them when they need to be better. And uh, And Ben White did that. And that was really, really good to see. And you want to see um that type of behavior from the players you want to see them being holding each other responsible for certain moments and and that was really really good um but the last point I think is is has got to be on Arteta you know we've criticized him for certain performances the Fulham game he received a lot of pelters and quite rightly it was a really bad performance it was set up wrong and we didn't change the game with the substitutions that were made in that. I thought Arteta got all of the calls right during this game, the way in which we selected the team, the way in which we approached the game, the way in which we ultimately delivered the two goals and how we saw things out with the substitutions as well. I think Arteta got everything spot on. It was frustrating in the first half that we weren't getting the goals that ultimately our dominance deserved. The system is not a problem. The system is creating These opportunities there's just such a frustration that the players won't take the initiative quick enough they're so reluctant it seems to shoot at times and you can see that it drives Arteta mad on the touchline because an extra pass is played his arms go up in the air because he's not really sure why his players are not taking those opportunities when they fall 19 shots we had on the day and three of those were on target and Again, it's, it's not to do with Arteta system because it's getting the ball into those places. We're getting the ball into those positions against a team that we're defending very, very, very deep. Very deep indeed. In those situations, the decision to start Smith Rowe and he created those opportunities and got the ball into the right positions just did not lead to enough urgency of a shot at times. And, and that's incredibly annoying. But overall, in the end, the chances that we created did give us the goals to secure those three points and his decisions in the second half did allow us to see the game out despite the frustration of that late uh, goal being conceded and I think that the substitutions of of Havertz was timed perfectly and of course the other substitutions late on helped us to see out the game uh, and secure the three points which at the city ground is not An easy thing to do. Despite the fact that Forest remain very much in a relegation battle, they've taken plenty of points off teams. Manchester City last season, of course, came here and failed to win. Uh, Chris Wood scoring a late goal um, to to take away that uh, two points. But that was the last points that were dropped by City before they went on a run till they won the title. So it's not an easy place to go. And Arsenal getting a result there is a very, very big one indeed. So Arsenal now will have to wait for tonight's games. Manchester City, of course, facing um their opponents and uh, liverpool playing a, a very big game uh, against chelsea so there's lots to be really intrigued about in tonight's games and aston villa actually falling uh, a cropper um because they lost 3-1 at home to newcastle the first home defeat in a very very long time and they were really quite shell-shocked by fabian share and newcastle in that game punished for their system. Certainly if it was the other way around, Arteta would be getting pelters for the way in which Unai Emery approached the Newcastle game. But uh, it means that as Arsenal sits in the Premier League table, we are up to second as things stand before tonight's games. Two points behind Liverpool, who, as I say, face Chelsea. Aston Villa um, in fourth and uh, Manchester City in third. Both of those on 43 points. City have two games in hand on Arsenal, though. It is worth pointing out. So we really need them to drop points. At some point, but it looks for all the all the world like that's going to be a very, very big ask indeed. Spurs also playing tonight at home against Ivan Tony and Brentford. They're on 40 points. Um, so if they fail to win, there'll be six points behind us or, or uh, five points behind us, of course. So hopefully Brentford can do uh, the work there. Uh, and there's other games tonight. West Ham play Bournemouth this evening and Manchester United play Wolves tomorrow. So there's some more games to be had for the weekend. Uh, So let's wait and see what happens there. Right, let's move to part two, shall we, and your questions right after this. Okay, uh, for part two, as always, we'll be jumping into the chat box and tackling some of your thoughts and theories and queries and questions. It is deadline day eve. Uh, Deadline day, of course, is tomorrow, the 1st of February. So we're not expecting too much. We're not expecting anything really to happen. Um, But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if there's any surprises. I very much doubt that there will be. Only an outgoing. and uh, I think that might be Cedric, but we'll have to see if that indeed does materialize with one of the Turkish sides that are interested in him. Um, but yes, I'm very much doubting it. Tonight, uh, five o'clock UK time, we'll be doing a phone-in show. The first of two back-to-back phone-in shows. Tomorrow's phone-in show will be on deadline day and our reaction to it. Uh, tonight, tonight's uh, phone-in show is going to be on Mikel Arteta and specifically... The contract situation surrounding the manager about whether or not we think he is worthy of a new contract, whether we should be giving him a new contract and how indeed we'll react if indeed he is given a new contract. So if you've wanted to dial in to talk about Mikel Arteta, tonight is that night, 5 p.m. UK time. So make sure you're tuning around for that one. Uh, Temi says, can I get a shout out? Today is my birthday. Oh, I don't know, Temi. Temi likes to go around other YouTube channels and call me Arteta's lawyer. I'm not sure if I should. I'm only joking, of course. Happy birthday, Tammy! I hope you have a fantastic day, my friends. I can already see that plenty of the chat box are giving you plenty of, of kind words as well. So enjoy it and stay safe. Uh, Taylor says, uh, if you could pick one team to lose today, Manchester City or Liverpool, who do you choose? Uh, probably Manchester City, because we play Liverpool at the weekend. So we can actually take Liverpool's... Um, uh, we can take their our own destiny, if you like, into the hands. Man City, I always look at it as the favourite for the league. So Taylor, it's a really good question, um, but I would choose Manchester City of the two. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I would be going for. Um, has to be City for me because they're just got the, they're too threatening to just go on this run of of winning every single game. Whereas I think you know at the weekend we've got Liverpool, so we can kind of deliver a loss to them. And then if City were to lose tonight, which I'm not expecting them, it's a Burnley team that have not been very good at all this season. So not expecting much whatsoever. Uh, Magambo says, uh, would you play smith against Liverpool? Personally, I wouldn't because Liverpool midfield will push ours uh, to the limits. And plus smith isn't exactly 100% fit. I'd put Havertz in the four. Uh, Liverpool just to keep the midfield safe. Uh, I wouldn't do either of those. Uh, I'd put Jorginho and Declan Rice uh, into the midfield with, uh, with Erdegaard. I thought that was the midfield three, of course, that started the game against them in the FA Cup. And we dominated that first half. So for me, it would be Jorginho Rice and Odegaard against Liverpool uh, this weekend, unless of course, Thomas, Thomas Partey, sorry, is fit. Um, But uh, I certainly think that it's unlikely that he will be, he might be in the squad. He might be able to give us 15 to 20 minutes at the end, but uh, I would go Jorginho Rice and Odegaard for the Liverpool game. Um, Robbie says, any idea when the summer tour tickets are going on sale? Ah, sadly, no. I have absolutely no idea when those tickets are going on. Uh, Mike says, when does the Turkish window close? It closes a little bit later, actually. Uh, I think we have a few more days, actually, on the English market. So Cedric could leave, of course, after the English window closes. Uh, Maximir says, hey, Tom, if Arteta is frustrated by how we play near the box, shouldn't this be rectified in training and coached there? Or are they doing everything right and becoming Mr. Hyde when it matters? I think it is more so the latter. Of course, in training, they are working on... Um, different systems and different moves and working on how they want to to, to create chances. The difference is in training. You can't replicate a game scenario against a different team. Those opposition players are different. The opposition strategies and style and planning is all going to be different. You can't preempt everything. And you can try and work against a low block with your own defenders in those situations. But... Obviously, other teams are going to be more adept to playing a low block against us rather than our own defenders are against them. So it's really hard to replicate those scenarios in training. Of course, you want to try and encourage your players to take the opportunity, but they have to deliver on the pitch. They have to deliver in those scenarios. So it's very hard to... It's really easy to say it, but to to implement it is an entirely different thing altogether. Uh, Vihar says, are we breaking the deep block now more efficiently? It seems that we are just walking and hoping that we get an opening. Lots of sideways passes. We need to be more direct like we were in the second half. Um... I think actually we were more direct in the first half than people are giving us credit for. We just couldn't find that last pass and we couldn't open up the opportunity to shoot fast enough. And when we did, we didn't take the chance. Saka had that great chance in the first half, great little touch from Smith Rowe onto him in the box. And that deflection took it wide of the post. If that goes in, we're talking very, very differently. Uh, Saka had that other chance as well, where he had that right-footed shot that Turner had to react to and get a good hand to. Uh, Smith had that fantastic opportunity to cross to Jesus. And, you know, sadly for Jesus, the defender got a foot in before he could get there. Otherwise, again, we'd be talking very differently about things. Smith had that chance to shoot on the edge of the box and couldn't quite deliver the right ball. Uh, and Martinelli got in a couple of times into the box as well, thanks to Smith Rowe and his passing also. We played a couple of decent balls into the box as well. What we didn't do well this time was obviously our set pieces. Our set pieces weren't very good. They defended them very easily and comfortably, and we weren't able to take much in the way of chances from those nine to ten, I think ten corners we had on the day, and we didn't take any of those. Um, Jesus hit the post. You're right, I am in the box as well. I actually think we created plenty. We just didn't create um we didn't take the initiative in the first half as much as we we ultimately needed to. says thoughts on Havertz being the top earner of Arsenal with £275,000 per week. Do you think the money should have been spent elsewhere? Uh, obviously that's a, that's, to my understanding that would be, you know, the money plus a lot of bonuses, which obviously gets talked about very differently. I thought the meltdown about that wage was frankly embarrassing. Yes. I think it was two days ago that came out, David Ornstein talking about it on the athletics podcast naturally you're going to get a lot. We've talked about Havertz to the nth degree. Uh, that's £65 million pounds that it was invested. Sure, could have been invested differently, but ultimately we've got to wait and see what happens with Havertz. I'm not making any judgments on him in January. I've got concerns. I've got criticisms. I've got mm, a little bit of revisionism, but it is what it is. Players, if you're going to sign them for £65 million, pounds, they're going to cost you upwards of 200 grand a week. I think that Ornstein also said that was what he was on as he left Chelsea, it was a very similar wage. I know he was on and he gradually built up that wage whilst he was at Chelsea. But um, you can't exactly ask the player to to go down in terms of his wage. It's just, I think it's a really boring conversation talking about player wages. A team at the top of the table starting a player that they've paid £65 million a week is going to cost that much money in wages. It's just the reality of the situation. Uh, Vanagy says, do you think Zinchenko was slowing down the play much in the first half? several times it seemed that he had options but didn't take the opportunity and turned back sometimes we want them to be riskier but there is also an argument that if the pass isn't on you do have to try and keep hold of possession it's much better to keep hold of it and recycle it than it is to lose it so I always err on the side of caution somewhat I think that he was actually one of the better performers in the first half alongside Smith Rowe and helped us to suffocate the ball into the defensive third of Forest's half but in the second half, I thought defensively is where he was a little bit exposed, especially for their goal. But I don't think he was slowing down the play too much. I think we just lacked that bit of penetration. But Smith-Rowe was offering as much as he could. Um, and I thought was probably the standout performer in the first half of the team as well. Uh, Anasimo says, you'd think someone like Enketia would be itching to get minutes and make the most of the chances when he do- when we dominate like this, considering his under-21s record for England. But it's baffling how unimpactful he is. And it's a fair point. For someone that needs the needs goals, needs game time, needs to reassure not only his manager but supporters. I often find myself in agreement with Anasimos that he doesn't offer enough when coming off the bench. It's another subperformance, another subpar display as a substitute. He says in interviews when he's done them, I remember the one he did, obviously, as we all remember with the Beautiful Game podcast, where he talks about the fact that how much of a game can he influence in 10 to 15 minutes? Well, I, I understand and I empathize with the view, especially when he's got a decent record when he starts games of scoring. But you, I, I, I can't help but also be a little bit stricter with that and say, I don't care if it's a frustration that it's only sub opportunities that are, that you're getting. You, you've got to take them. You've got to do more. You've got to put yourself about more. You've got to do more. You've got to want the ball more. You've got to come deep and demand the ball more. And and he doesn't he doesn't necessarily do that. And that's why ultimately. I have said for some time that I think he's a player that we need to upgrade upon, and and I hope that we do that. Uh, Damien says, "What do we gain from a goal kick when Gabriel passes to Rea and then he passes to Saliba? Why doesn't Rea just pass to Saliba?" Um, I think it's to take the pressure off the goalkeeper, Damien. Um, I think if you pass the ball to Gabriel, goalkeeper can get back in position. You've got two centre backs deep in the in the box, um, and you've got the ability to, to kind of draw out. I think it's also about drawing out the opposition attackers as well. For instance, if if you're Raya and you're taking the goal kick and you pass to Saliba on the outside, it means that you're going to get a player closing down Saliba. You're going to look... The player can't close down Gabriel from the goal kick because you can't be inside the box from the goal kick. So if you were to pass the ball straight to Saliba, as soon as Raya touches the ball, that player can move towards Saliba. If he passes the ball to Gabriel, you've got a player just offset of you. You can then move as the goalkeeper to your right or to your left into your space. And then Saliba's obviously gonna have less pressure on him, and you've got more opportunities to drag players out of position and then pass through them. So um that's that's why um you you see the little short pass to the to the centre back inside the box rather than passing straight to Saliba. It's all about drawing players out of position and opening up passing lanes from the back for your Uh, build-up. Anasimov says exactly, Tom, seeing players that are one year come in after months of injury and do that, it makes you want more from Minketia, and and quite rightly. Uh, Tizer says, for me, we overplayed uh, with too many touches uh, and being shot shy. Uh, We didn't have a shot on target until the 51st minute uh, and three on target all game, which is nearly 80% possession, and this could cost us, and I agree. We have to be more urgent. We have to be more ruthless. I, th- I still think it was a good performance overall, but uh, yes, we want to see more. We want to see some more ruthlessness in the final third and in the box, and and we want to create some of those chances as well. Ian uh, says, also, we got a little bit lucky in terms of a one-year in langor not starting the game. They would have had a little bit more oomph while in transition. I'm sure we would have had more oomph if we had Partey available and starting and Timber available and starting. So it works both ways, Ayan. Uh Yasser says, is Partey key for unlocking the 22-23 Erdegaard, it seems that he's been playing deeper this year. I'd love some stats on that. It's difficult to... Uh, I mean, obviously, the stats are very obvious. We know that urdegard was more effective during the 22-23 season than he has been during the 23-24 season, and Partey has been available for one of those, and he's not been as available for the other one. I am very hopeful that when Partey eventually does return, and if we can get a consistent period of time of Partey and the team, we will see a significant step up of the overall performance and other players like Odegaard as well. So, yes, uh, I think the stats, you don't even need to dig them out. We know the stats uh, are much better uh, goal-scoring and creatively because he is further forward. Uh, Pairs says, do you see us selling anyone before the deadline? If so, who would you sell? And Cedric is the obvious one. El Nini, I don't think, will go, even though he's returning from the AFCON. I'd be surprised. Maybe he will with the Turkish window, as we say, open a bit longer than the English window. Um, But I do think that... um, that, that Cedric is probably destined for the exit door um, Geary99 says yes Tom big up mate also I've loved reading your articles on Football London keep it up thanks mate that's very kind of you indeed uh, Benny says I disagree about the Alanga comment if he is on then there potentially is more spaces for us to, to open up into and I think this is actually a really good point if they started with Dominguez um, and they eventually brought on Callum Hudson-Odoi and Alanga and of course they had Chris Wood up top They were looking to play deep and hit on the counter and have a player in the box if they needed it. And I think it's actually a really good point, um, Benny, because if they did have players like Alanga, it would have opened up more space. And I think actually we would have been able to to maybe play a little bit bit more freely. Um, So, yeah, let's see. Uh, Fuad says, uh, I can't lie, this knee issue with Jesus is worrying me. If he was to miss a game again and play Eddie again, the drop-off in quality is too big for us to compete. For the league title Uh, arteta was asked about gabriel jesus um and did mention the uh the injury uh the worry and that he obviously had had this knee problem going into the game and that he was kind of working very hard to be involved in this game it's very frustrating and it's another reason why a striker is is needed because if you lose jesus for me and ketty doesn't start i'd start havertz up top um, or, or Trossard, because I just don't think there's enough from Minkete. With the overall way in which we play, you get far more from Havertz, you get far more from Trossard when they play at centre-forward, so yeah, it's, it is a worry. It's without a doubt a worry, and and the strike will be an area that we will tackle during the summer. Uh, Vihar says, why were they booing Saka? Saka gets booed a lot. It's often because he, he gets fouled and goes down, and it's a frustration for away fans, but uh it's it's nothing to worry about Uh, and says tom i think we won't have Partey starting for the liverpool game neither do i uh would you go for the same setup or start with a rice and georgie double pivot yeah as i said earlier in the show i would be starting rice and Jorginho against liverpool uh tizer says on another point do you think that we should concede some possession to allow for spaces of our opponents to counter the blow block it has risks but we didn't seem it didn't seem dangerous until they actually came on to us um it's always something that is talked about. If you're up against the low block, the idea of you know taunting your opponents to come out somewhat, giving them the ball a bit more, you can do that. But the problem is, is that we overcommit so much with the players that we kind of throw forwards, if you like, and uh, get into the box and getting around in the box, that every time the ball is turned over, we do look so vulnerable at times. So i am cautious about this approach i absolutely understand what people mean when they say sometimes you need to give up possession allow you t- the opposition to have some spells of possession so you can try and counter but um yeah i'm not sure that uh i'm not sure that i do tend to agree that we do need to just give up uh possession at all but yeah let's let's see if that's something that we do mm says interesting thoughts on paul skulls on instagram i've i'll have to have a look i'm worried now you're getting me worried mm what on earth has he put on instagram um i don't oh is it his is it his story uh Ah, here we go a fullback coming into central midfield is an insult to a central midfield player uh i think he slash she should be told to get the f back out there good night oh seems Skullsy is a little bit um A little bit out of date, I think, uh, and a little bit old-fashioned when it comes to the style. Paul Sculls is entitled to his opinion. He's not right. The reason why Arsenal have been turned into title challengers is because we decided to move from a more traditional left-back ideal and has moved to this new strategy of an inverted left-back. And it's coincided with Arsenal turning from top four competitors into title challengers. I don't know why he's so upset. Must have had a bad day, um, Aaron says. I think with regards to a low block, until we find a way to win these games, we'll uh, all three like three nil and and with bigger score lines, we'll continue to use it against us. Absolutely, Alani says it's a Stone Age thinking. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. There's no surprise he's not a coach uh, in the modern era. Um, I think it, did he coach Oldham Athletic for a bit? Uh, and In the end, I don't think coaching was for him, was it? So let's have a look. He managed Oldham Athletic and he was the interim coach at Salford. Yes, his coaching and his ideals about the game haven't taken him too far. Fantastic footballer, brilliant player, one of the best England has ever produced. But I'm not going to take coaching tips from Paul Scholes, to be fair. Uh, Justin says, Paul Scholes will do what he wants with the team when he's manager himself, indeed. Uh, PW says, but we got caught out again with the long ball down the left-hand side. That's nothing to do with Zinchenko being an interior. He just switches off. He's just defensively, he's got question marks, PW, about him. Um, if it was anyone else, Tierney would be being instructed to play the same way. He couldn't do it. It does make us slightly more vulnerable. But the off the upsides of that strategy are just far outweighing the downsides. And that's why the decision to move to a system which uses Zinchenko as an inverted fullback has coincided with us being a title challenger and why UPW have such higher standards of Arsenal now it coincides with that different strategic change by Arteta so you can't have it both ways I'm afraid if you want to go back to the old system then I don't think we'd be as effective as a club as we are um, with Zinchenko being an extra midfielder um, Aaron says even as a gooner I loved Skolzee but move with the times dude <laughs> indeed uh, Arthur says what's the difference between FFP and PSR are both regulated by UEFA. I'm still confused. Okay, let's try and put it in simple terms. Uh, Profit and sustainability regulations are a Premier League authority. FFP, Financial Fair Play, is more of a UEFA authority. Profit and sustainability is the rolling three-year monitoring of club losses. And if indeed you breach 5 million plus 30 million for the same year depending upon your revenue and things like that that are involved in that so it can be maximum 35 million pound loss um across a three year monitoring period then you can face those charges financial fair play is different it's not that rolling three year period or those specific figures that the premier league have uh, it's more of a uefa um strategy to try and monitor and to try and curb Uh, financial doping in some ways. There are differences uh, between them. Uh, Kurt says, what's the difference between ESR and PSR? (laughs) Bit Horse says, yes, Zinny always fails to catch the offside uh, with the switch. He follows the player but keeps them onside. And this was true for their goal. Um, He dropped deeper. If you look at the other three defenders, they are all in line. Zinchenko drops first. And he has to stay in line with the defenders. If he had have stayed in line, they would have been offside in that goal would not have counted um barry says it does annoy me a little bit about our slow build-up play it's just part and parcel of the way we play barry again it's coincided with arsenal now being expected to title challenge and that's coincided with the way in which we play uh, we can go back to the way we played under Unai. we can go back to the way we played at the end of Arsen wenger's era but it's not going to come out with the same results as it does under our Teta system so we can moan and, and whine about our Teta system but Arteta system is what's taken us to where we are now and why people tell us to raise our standards because ultimately we are now a title-challenging team because of what Arteta has delivered and because of the philosophy that he has taught to his squad. Um, Benji did, said, did anyone catch Villa choking against Newcastle? Lights might be too bright for Emery. Uh, Aaron says, Tom, I was watching the other channels and hearing most moan about um, FFP and profit and sustainability, reducing the spending, the same people that moaned that it's not working make it make sense. It's all well and good when it it doesn't affect you and it's not affecting your opponents and we can't spend, but they can. And then when it starts affecting everybody, uh, it's a frustration. I do empathize in the fact that, sadly, it's probably too late. Its effects are probably too late. Clubs like Chelsea and clubs like Man City have already built up way too much of a, a financial... Uh, foundation and the squads that they never should have been able to build in the way that they built them under the current regulations had those regulations been in place back in 2006 all the way through to 2010 and the rise of of Chelsea and and Manchester City they never would have been able to do what they did but it's here now it's what it is now and teams have to work within those as well (laughs) um let's go to walter says tom did you see us south africa knock morocco out of the afcon last night didn't think we'd manage it yes walter i did what a free kick what an unbelievable strike i also saw the hilarity of uh amrabat getting a second yellow being brought back on and then being given a straight red cast that was just great drama fantastic drama uh, Mike says, by the way, isn't it interesting? We win and the hate going talk about our performance. We don't win. And then the only thing that counts is winning. Go figure. People have always got to have something to moan about, Mike. It's what brings in certain audiences. You know, it's the way in which you get attention. It's by moaning. We don't do that. We'll We'll criticise when we need to criticise. We'll praise when we need to praise i can give a monkeys if it brings in whatever numbers you know we're going to say how it is and by saying how it is is actually the reality the facts of the situation you know um we can shout and scream as much as we like to get the attention we crave but actually here we're not going to do that we're going to talk about the game as it was as it is we're going to talk about things that need to be praised and we're going to talk about the things that weren't good enough and uh, i think we do that pretty much consistently every single week and if you don't agree you're always welcome to disagree, and especially you're always welcome to jump on our phone-in shows. As I mentioned, at the halfway point of the show, we're going to be doing a phone-in show on Arteta at five o'clock, talking about the contract situation, talking about his um, uh, his kind of reaction, if you like, to the suggestions that he could leave. And if Arsenal were to give him a contract before the end of the season, uh, that, of course, is um, something that uh, we will be discussing the hypothetical scenario of and what we think about that. So if you want to get your thoughts heard, if you want to challenge any of the points, you are more than welcome to do that on our phone and show at 5 p.m. UK time. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Vanna says, Lakonga's assist last night. Hopefully, if he keeps fit, uh, we can either make a profit or he can come back ready to play a part in our squad. Spot on, Vanajuti. Lakonga, I said, I put a tweet out the other day, which got a lot of stick. I said, I don't think the Lakonga story is quite yet over. Now, that could be one of two things. It could be that he gets reintegrated back into the team and we'll see what he's like in pre-season. Or it could be that the story is that he gets us a profit from what we spent, about £15 million pounds or so on him from Anderlecht. Let's wait and see, because he's having a very good season indeed at Luton. And uh, their result, by the way, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and absolutely brilliant as well. So, um, yeah, very much looking forward to seeing what the con could do. I, I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him develop. He's still a young guy. He was a young player when we brought him. He had to come in and deliver straight away, despite the fact he played in the Belgian Pro League for Anderlecht. And he was coming in as a depth player. And because of Partey's fitness issues, he had to deliver straight away. And I think he's got a really bad deal. I think he got a really bad deal. So let's let's wait and see. Let's just see what happens with Sambi Laconga and wait what happens with him. Because I do think that there is still the story to be told about what... Um, is to happen with him i think there is more to be had uh anyway thank you so much for tuning in it's been an absolute pleasure uh do make sure you drop a like on the video before you leave and if you're new to the channel do subscribe we're very close to hitting fifty-four thousand subscribers uh so if you would help us out sometimes youtube unsubscribes you i don't know why it does it just have a quick glance a quick check just see if indeed youtube has decided that you for some reason strange reason shouldn't be subscribed to this channel i don't know why they do it i don't know why it does it but it does it so do make sure you go and check that you are still subbed to the channel um and drop a like on the video while you're there as well it takes just a second and it really does help us out i would also like to take a second to say thank you to uh all of the people that have left reviews recently on itunes uh, i've read them i got a couple of emails this week which updated me on all the reviews that have been left over the course of 2023 and we had some really nice words um so thank you so much to everybody that did leave a review if you listen on audio platforms you can leave a review a written one on itunes or you can leave a five-star review of course if you would be so kind on spotify as well so thank you to everyone that really does help us out in the charts so um if you listen on youtube but you want to help us out i want to leave a nice written review you can head over to itunes and do that or you can head over spotify and leave a five-star review over there as well, that would be really, really kind of you indeed to do that. I'll be back at five o'clock UK time for our Arteta phone in special, so that's going to be great. I look forward to it. And then tomorrow, of course, is deadline day. There will not be a live 8 a.m. show, there may be a pre recorded show, um, but there will not be a live one because I am working um, from 8 a.m. at deadline, uh, full deadline day. So make sure that you are indeed. Uh, aware of that but there will potentially be a pre-recorded 8am show but there won't be a normal live one because i am working but there will be a phone-in show tomorrow evening as well reacting to whatever is going to happen on deadline day for whatever hilarity that it may bring have a great day stay safe stay well stay happy and as always up the arsenal
1: conditions apply five years or 100 miles whichever comes first pro pilot is an advanced driver assist technology driver's responsibility to stay alert drive safely and control vehicle at all times
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans